Oh, hey, are we back already? I was, I was lost in TikTok. Do you have the TikTok app on your phone? Do you, do you know what this thing is? Social media platform, even if you do not care about it. And I, I frankly struggle a reason to come up with for why you should care other than the fact that your kids are on it. Either your kids are on it, your grandkids are on it. It is it is the way that a younger generation is communicating these days, and you ignore it at your own peril. So I go on the thing, and what it is, if you don't know, it's a, just sort of an auto-generated feed. You don't have to like anything. You don't have to follow anything. Anything just starts populating, and the algorithm just kind of knows what it is that you linger on. If you you know you stay on one thing for longer watching the video, then it just gives you more of that. And for some reason, TikTok is constantly serving me up how to tie knots, how to tie various knots. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't need a lot of knot knowledge, but that's what I get. And it is very personalized. So what it, what you see is not what someone else sees. So sometimes it's difficult to sense what is actually going on out there with this app. Well, a recent report commissioned by TikTok shows that fewer than a third of teenagers on TikTok recognize hoax as being clearly fake. There are so many hoax going on on TikTok these days. They vary, but a common one includes seemingly baseless warnings about a wide-eyed, dark-haired woman who threatens users who don't do the violent tasks that she demands of them. Another one is a 50-step challenge that starts off innocuously but then ramps up to a final task, which actually challenges users to commit suicide. And the teens that were exposed to these hoax challenges, 31% of them believed that it had a negative impact on them. And of those who experienced the negative impact, 63% said the hoax impacted their mental health. We have to understand how this works and how it is impacting our kids. Dr. Carmen Celestini is a professor at the University of Waterloo and a fellow working with the Disinformation Project at Simon Fraser University. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. How concerned are you about specifically about this platform, TikTok, and how it is being consumed when we talk about hoaxes and things like that by young people? Well, fundamentally, it is a, a, a platform where people do tricks and do, and there's a lot of viral material that's on it. And there is concern, but we also have to put it into perspective of the responsibility of parents, the responsibility of the users, and the responsibility of the platform as well. Luckily, there hasn't been any um, physical harm to anybody or self-harm at this point, but it's it's very proactive of the platform to actually engage in this research. Is this a sort of a sense that immediately jumped to my mind was was Facebook and the sort of evolution that we have had over the past 10 years as Facebook has become so dominant in our lives. It, at first, it was like, oh, it's great. I can connect with all my high school friends. And now it's like, oh, it's a cesspool of disinformation and it is undermining our democratic institutions. Is it just a question that TikTok is so new that we don't really understand what it's doing to people who are using it? 
new, but I think that it's the actual medium, the format that it's being presented in. So Facebook is more textual. There are some videos and images on it, but really the disinformation is based on news or politics or ideas or ideologies. With TikTok, it's very, it's all video and it's predominantly dance videos or cat videos, but there is a darker side to TikTok as well with right-wing extremism, with um, white nationalism that appears on there as well. But it's more of a fun-based thing. And we have been teaching children and adults about disinformation, but we've done it not so much on the video aspects of this. And because it's presented as fun, we tend to just continue sharing and passing and going right by it. And the algorithms, as you said, with the you getting promoted with knots, we all get something that is unique to us. So it can lead us down a certain path into a darker area of TikTok and parents should be engaged in this idea and teaching them how to look things up and actually go and look up the information. And is this a good idea? Okay. I, I have two teenagers um, and it's become Lord of the flies in my house since the beginning of the <laughs> pandemic. You know, I think a lot of families are in the same situation. You know, the, the kind of controls um, that we might've had on social media and on technology, much of it has gone by the wayside because of the pandemic. And I struggle. I really, truly struggle to be able to oversee their interaction on TikTok, especially because it is so personalized and I don't know what they're seeing. Any advice for me in talking to my teens? Well, I think that there has to be an open dialogue between parents and their children. It's not just monitoring what they're watching, but having an open dialogue and letting them know that they can come and talk to you if they see something like Momo and it is bothering them, or if it's a conversation they're having with their friends and it's escalating and, it, and affecting people's mental health or causing anxiety. It's really about making an open platform where you can have conversations about these things. And, you know, parents can also pay attention to things that are trending on TikTok. It doesn't necessarily mean looking at theirs, but just seeing what the trending things are. And you can pretty much pick up what's going on and then start the conversation with them. I've tried this and I have tried that in the past. Basically what I get is the eyeball roll and the, you know, <laughs> dad, come on. I know the difference. I'm, I'm more social media savvy than you are, old man. That's what I get. <laughs> well, I mean, that is true. But the thing is, is that this isn't about, um, you know, your your father or your grandfather or your grandmother posting something that's, you know, um, on Facebook. This is really something that can affect someone's health or cause them to do something that may physically hurt them. So this is a moment where that conversation has to happen. It's not about talking about the latest dance craze that's on TikTok or the latest joke, but it is talking about things that are frightening. It's sort of like the social deviance that we had when we were children. I mean, we all knew about the bridge that you went under and you would hear the screaming if you went and pulled up and backed up and there were certain processes you had to do to make the screaming voices happen. The thing is, is that these sort of folk deviants now are not localized to our neighborhood and something that everybody knows about. Now it's global and something that's coming up on your phone and very localized and to you. So this is something that we do have to talk about. And, you know, you can start talking about the dance videos, what you've seen or talk about something like that, and then lead the discussion into these other things and how, you know, there are mental health abilities out there that you can engage with and that there are safety nets now that TikTok is putting on their website. Uh, and, you know, we mentioned at the beginning that this survey was commissioned by TikTok. It looks like TikTok's trying to get out in front of this. And I kind of come back to Facebook again. I understand those things don't line up, but I, I get the sense that as a platform and as a company, 
uh, TikTok is seeing as a cautionary tale what is happening with Facebook. Oh, for sure. You can see the link there. I mean, um, the, TikTok is predominantly for a younger demographic. And so they have to get in front of this. I think that they're putting up the safety place where you can go and find out safety community information is important. But I think there has to be follow up to that. Like how many people who are on their platform are actually going there and clicking and paying attention to that. It's really sort of like leading the horse to water idea. You might have it there, but we have to make sure that people are engaging with that material as well. So it is a safety net, but there are proactive things that they are doing, but they have to continue down that route. People who create misinformation or hoax or try to spread hate online quickly adapt to the changes that social media platforms make to try and stop them. And so they will change things to get around that. And so this proactive nature is good, but they have to continue with that as well. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for your time. It's uh, such a fascinating uh, subject. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is Dr. Carmen Celestini, who is a professor at the University of Waterloo and also works with the Disinformation Project out of Simon Fraser University, talking about what is going on with TikTok.